Peace and thank you, family, for tuning into Creative Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Indigo. We're based in Washington, D.C. with leading discussions on topics surrounding pop culture, business, lifestyle, and art with an occasional guest appearance within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. Right. What's up, beautiful people? We have a very special guest today, a multifaceted artist, entrepreneur. Um, this artist has a knack for turning her many ideas into a reality. Um, very lucrative and, and, and very community based. And we appreciate you taking the time out to uh, speak with me. It's been a long time coming. Um, uh, Miss Kiana Jones, how you doing today, love? I'm I'm blessed. I'm grateful. I'm excited to have this conversation because we got some history. So we're going to tap into some things. I'm excited. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're a fellow Washingtonian. Uh And um, ever since I've known you, uh, I remember the very first time I saw you, I was a young photographer in in D.C. and a young lady hit me up to do some portraits for her. And um, it was a couple people there, but you were there as well and you were the stylist and you had a very unique style to yourself as well, which, you know, caught my eye. And I was like, wow, this, this young lady is really doing her thing. She, she, she prepared the model very beautifully and the shoot just came out amazing. So um, tell me a little bit about yourself and your artist journey. How did you become the artist you are today? Yeah, for sure. Um, So like you said, born and raised um, DC, specifically Southeast, and I tell people all the time I grew up as a weirdo because I never knew that like in the beginning that I was an artist or creative because there was never anything in Southeast to kind of nurture that spirit or cater to it. Mm-hmm. So I just like just kept trying to find like who I was. Um, and it made it a little it didn't make it any easier because I was in Southeast for a while. But then education wise, my mother wanted me to leave Southeast. So I went to public. I mean, private schools. Um uptown and so I had like this hour ride bus you know what I'm saying going to this white school come from southeast and people like where you going why you look like that why you talk like that but then come but it was the same reaction that people would get from me once I got up to uptown I had to go back to southeast and never having friends that could come do sleepovers in southeast and just never understood you know just being young and and green Um, But always had like this knack for creativity, always with my clothes or trying to make some clothes or draw something. I mean, when I first wanted to start driving, that's when Fast and Furious was first coming out. So I had designed my whole car and everything, Um, but always was into art as a kid. Remember my art being used as for brochures when I was at um, Holy Trinity School. But then, you know, when you get to high school and college, all those things become electives and they make you like choose what you're going to do. So I ended up choosing... um, in high school, I ended up choosing RTC and Spanish. So it completely removed me from art. And so I just stopped touching art at that point. Um, fast forward to when I got in college, met a young man named Sean Lindsay, um, without too much detail in this question, um, became the father of my children. And I was married to him for four years, has done art all his life, um, went to art academy in Cincinnati and got his degree um, and speed up a little bit more. 
he was looking for space to do his artistry and we had the what is now the center had that space become available and the center kind of just manifested itself like it was just born out of what Southside needed um but also in this spirit of trying to support um you know black and brown artists and so yeah it became five years that we opened our door over five years now that we open our doors and support um black and brown artists so i think in that space of me supporting other artists it was reminding me about like my artistry that i was into and how much i missed it and everything and how much yeah. it was a, a healing space for me um and got into a very dark space where i needed something um outside of words and that's kind of how i got back into my artistry and it was just the main healing factor for me. So I was just like, I have to stick with this. Like, I don't know anything else. Um, and so, yeah, it's just become a full-time thing from me supporting, you know, black and brown artists through the art gallery, but also me supporting myself through my own art. I love that. Um, speaking of the center, we're talking about the Congress Heights Arts and Culture Center. Absolutely. Southeast DC. Tell uh -huh. me a little bit more about that. Like, um, because we know living in the inner cities, there's not really enough funds or really a lot of outlets. You might have like a parks and recreational center, but there's not really a lot of art outlets for uh, young people who want to be artists. So um, you told me, you gave me a brief story about it, but yeah. what, what was like the main goal of the center? Yeah, again, so it just, the it really started based on Sean, like him needing a spot to do solo exhibitions. And as we know, as artists, like it's really hard to, find solo exhibition spots. Not only is it hard just to find solo exhibition spots, but it's hard to find spaces that cater to who we are as black and brown people, right? Mm -hmm. And so that was just the first, the first vision really is that we had this space because we had just done some renovations with, well, my father. So yes, back up a little bit. The house my father used to live in, um, my, my, my siblings grew up in that house and then my father transformed it into business space for himself. So it's like legacy that's already there. And in the midst of us trying to find space for Sean, we were doing, my father was doing a renovation of his other um, office, which it happens to be right across the street from where we are. So the house was completely empty. I had just left the radio station at that point, trying to find my footing, um, being a new mom and the whole balance of that at the time. Um, and so I was working with my dad in the properties. My father wanted to add what is now the center to the list of his properties. And it was just, who knows what it would have been. And I was just like, no, I don't want to do that. And he was like, what do you want to do? And so Sean had this struggle of finding the space. So I was like, let's turn into our gallery. Like it would be perfect right now. It's, it's wide open. The walls are open. So he's like, okay. My father is a complete like businessman from Mississippi. So all he cares about when he came up here was trying to make a dollar, right? And so he was like, and this was in 2015. And he was like, people don't care about art. Like, how are you gonna make money? Especially in the hood, like people are trying to feed themselves. They got a lot of other priorities than trying to buy some art. Like, how are you gonna make money? And I was like, okay, that's kind of true. Well, we'll do programs and workshops and we'll teach people the value of art and teach people the value in expression and also teaching people that this can be, you know, a, a source of economic stability. You know, mm -hmm. like the starving artist thing doesn't have to be a real thing. And he's like, all right, that's a little bit better. How are you going to make more money? And I was just like, all right, we'll add that rental piece that you love so much, his properties and everything. We'll add that rental piece in there. And that's how we became who we are with that three piece, the art gallery, the programs and workshops. And we now we collaborate with a lot of other organizations who we know need space but have incredible programming. So we kind of cut that wheel. Um, and then we offer 
small business space and artist space and rental space for the community. So it's like a trifecta in one. Um, it has literally become a safe haven. We've, we're known as a space, a safe space under um, Mayor Muriel Bowser. Um, and it's just been, it's really been a gift to see what we've been able to do through art, right? Like, mm. because we live in the hood and there's so many things that we go through that words don't always give us enough to explain. And so that's when art comes in. And, and the fact that we have so many incredible creators in Southside, and that's kind of how we created the brand Southside Creative, is just trying to give a platform for our creators specifically because Southeast just gets left behind for so many reasons, right? And a lot of it is just because people don't understand us. They don't know us. And people normally fear what they don't understand or don't know, right? Mm-hmm. But there's so much beauty in Southeast. And so I think that was one of the biggest things is, because I experienced that, right? And I'm super educated and all that type of stuff. But as soon as I say I'm from Southside, it's just like all of that credibility goes out the window. And so it's really important for us to, you know, speak to the narrative of the creative, speak to the narrative of the Southside creative, and just let people know that we have incredible things to offer and that we should be heard and, and seen like everybody else in the city. I love that. And um, just the thought of that, you know, you can't have, you can't create diamonds without pressure. I always say that, you know what I mean? And I lived in Southeast for a period of time off the Pennsylvania Avenue. And uh-huh. even though there is a lot of uh, pain and, 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 and struggle and problems with like mental health issues, like there's very, it, there's not enough programs for mental health uh, in the Southeast DC area. Mm-hmm. So just seeing people deal with that and, you know, all these other things. But at the same time, there's a lot of beauty in the city. I, for a lot of the old heads I have conversations with, always dropping gems, you know what uh-huh. I mean? Like like real deep and intelligent people and a lot of artists and even the music that, that people create out of there, you know what uh-huh. I mean? So um, it's like a double-edged sword. You, it's a lot of good and there's a lot of uh, negative as well. Yeah, but that's life too, right? And I think that's what I always try to remind people too, that there's dualities and everything. There's a light and dark, there's hate and love, there's up and down, you know what I'm saying? Wherever we look, there's dualities and you have a better appreciation once you want, you know one side, right? Like Mm -hmm. I have a better appreciation for love because I've seen hate, right? I have a huge appreciation for life because I've seen so much death. And so I think um, our building, the venue, the center, it also is a tangible example of that too, right? Like we are in the heart of Congress Heights. We're up the street from Baloo, located 3200 MLK Avenue, right across from Engine 25, which is a very busy uh, fire station. Um, And just on MLK Avenue, down from Malcolm X. So we are in the heart of, excuse my language, the bullshit, right? But there's like this beauty that comes from that in the sense that you have no, most people have no idea, unless you've been to the center, you don't know what to expect. Most people, I've heard that people think that we're a funeral home, right? (laughs) But there's that beauty and the juxtaposition that you come from all that noise and all that chaos. And then you walk into this house and you are hit with some of the most incredible art. And like I said, the legacy, the vibes, the feel, you are hit with that. And it does something to you. And then when you realize that most of the art that we have 
it's not only coming from like international spaces, but literally coming from our people that are right around the corner. It is an appreciation that you you just can't get anywhere else. And I think that's what I love about it. People keep telling me I need to put this on the outside. And I, it's like, no, because I love that. You have no you have no idea what you're going to get hit with, but you definitely get hit with the vibe when you get inside. And so I'm really grateful. Like just on that note, I'm really excited, excited and grateful to get back in person. Right. I didn't do a lot of virtual stuff because it's really hard to translate our vibe into a virtual space like you have to come see us you have to come feel us so i'm excited um about getting back in person and having people back in the space again i love that and it's a safe space in a sense like just the fact that it started as a home transformed into a business space now Mm -hmm. our space so when people go there they can leave the noise outside yeah and feel safe it's like a safe space to be Absolutely. It's still a home. It's a home for whoever needs it. It's still a home. I love that. I mean, out of all your many ventures from, you know, the, the center to freelance and, 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 and designing and, and painting the, the, one of the seven people painting the Black Lives Matter mural, you know, Black Lives uh, Plaza, like, how do you Uh balance all of that and being a mother and being a partner, like how do you balance all of that and 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 still, I don't want to say live a fulfillful life, but live a balanced life? Yeah, so it took a long, it took a lot, right? Um, to get where I am to finally do feel like I'm balanced. Um, and I always, when people ask me this question, I always think of that meme. I don't know if you've seen it, but they were like, how do you do it all? And it's like this picture of Whitney Houston, her hair's all raggedy and uh, fur coat hanging off her shoulder and stuff. That's mm-hmm. how I feel a lot of times. But um, it really just came from, and I, it's ironic, I was having this conversation with my aunt earlier and she was just like, I think people, people are just different. Like some people are strong. It's not people, it's not a lot of people that's strong like you. And I, we had to disagree a little bit because everything is a choice, right? Mm. And I remember pre-COVID, I was just, I was burning myself out, to be honest. And I was doing less than I am now, but I was completely burnt out. And then COVID came around. And again, right, this duality, we definitely saw some painful things during this, this pandemic. But for me personally, I just was so grateful because it gave me a a chance to sit down for a second, right? It gave me a chance to sit down and like repurpose, like reorganize, just really look at the bigger picture and see what things can be taken out, what things can be kept, what things can be balanced, right? I went to therapy for four years and learned a lot about boundaries because Mm -hmm. I was a chronic people pleaser. So I was stuck at saying yes to everything, right? So I think one of the biggest things that I learned was no. And the mm-hmm. fact that no is not negative. It's actually positive. If I tell you no, then that means I'm giving you another chance to figure it out a different way, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not just the end all to the be all. Just because I said no, that doesn't mean it's over forever. It just gives you a, another way to be creative and to figure it out, right? So the learning this whole no and being able to choose myself first and not like burn myself out was one of the main things. Um And then like COVID just helped me understand that there's a lot of unwritten rules that are, that have been like created and orchestrated for control. Yeah. Like, and then when COVID hit, there was so many things that didn't matter, but life still had to go on. So that's like how I thought about things. Like 
if I approach it in a different way or some of this stuff is just like, who said that this is how it has to be done? Like, who says that this is when it has to be done, right? Like, everybody tell me I got to start my day at nine o'clock for what? Like, mm -hmm. that's just not how I operate. And mm -hmm. so once I really start listening really to myself and taking all these like pre-constructed no notions and unwritten rules and things that have been taught out of my head and like really listen to myself and start learning myself. Mm. And that's really when I was able to find the balance. Like I was able to prioritize the real things that mattered to me mm. and the other things that weren't high in priori priority, I was still able to get back to them. And that's why I tell people all the time, child, if you take a break, guess what? It's still going to be there. Yeah. Like you don't pay that bill today. Guess what? That bill still gonna be there tomorrow, right? And then if you're not always able to show up for people, that's okay. Like, but you have to be able to choose yourself first. And that's like where my whole brand got started from. Is like the whole face yourself thing. It was about really being able to look at my reflection and be okay with who I was and what I was doing, but also and be accountable for myself, but also being accountable for what I was allowing other people to do to me and bring mm. into my space and like as an empath and somebody that's very sensitive to energy and stuff like that i just had to be more mindful about what i was letting in my space and once i really focused on the things that mattered, which was literally me my partner and my kids and my businesses of course everything found its spot and i think people when i stopped letting people play with me they stopped playing with me. So a lot of the noise just fell off anyway because I was just always saying yes and, and being available. When I stopped being available, people stopped looking for me, right? It's just like, yeah. oh, she's she's busy with herself. So, yeah. Yeah, it definitely forced a lot of people to look introspectively. You know, um, there was a great resign like where like 75% of people left the workforce because it's the same uh -huh. wake, wash, work routine. Uh -huh. We go to work. We... We're influenced to live a certain life from from childhood, from elementary school. Right. You know, we're bred to be these workers. We're bred to um, go to school, go to college, work a nine to five, be married at a certain age, uh, yeah. uh, have a house at a certain age. Like this is all pushed into us at a young age, and a lot of us is like, "Fuck that shit." Absolutely. You know I, mean? I would. Me and my lady, we just had our first child. Uh, he was born in 2019. But yes. if COVID never happened, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to spend that full year with him and watch him grow and, and develop. You know what I mean? Women only get six weeks out of work before they have to go straight back to work. Talk about so it. It was a, COVID was a really bad event, but it was a blessing for us in, in, this, in a sense, too. Right. Yeah. And again, like when we talk about duality, right? This didn't happen, like the shift didn't happen. And I feel like it was a shift, right? And it was a universal shift. You know, I'm in the universe, I'm in the crystals, I'm in all that type of stuff. And it was the people that benefited from this the most were people that were already in a shift when mm. the pandemic hit, right? And the pandemic put that thing on a hard curve, right? And we were, the people that benefited from it were already already thinking about stuff. They were already tired. They were already about to make some change. They were, they were already there. And COVID just allowed the, the, the tip of the cup to pull over, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that 
missed everything that we're talking about right now. There's a lot of people that will hear this conversation and be like, what are they talking about? Like, this is right. the pandemic. This was the worst thing that could have ever happened. And, that, and that's fine, too, because everybody is in different times, right? But I think it's really important for us to understand and really take time to process all the things that have been happening over the last, it's been down there three years, yeah. right? And the benefits and the, like, and if you didn't find a benefit, what was what you claim to be a loss? And when I when I hear loss, that's where you can find your lesson in, right? So it's all about finding like time to, again, everything is about a choice and it's about perspective, right? And how we use this information that we're given. And like I said, I'm doing so much more than I was pre-COVID and I'm good, you know what I'm saying? But it's really about tapping in, like really tapping into self and taking all that noise outside and figuring out what life looks like. Cause even to this day, like my father, I mentioned him earlier, he is still, he could have retired five years ago, mm-hmm. but this man is steady still working. And he's like, now I think he's gotten to the point that I don't need to be in the office every day and I don't need to see you and hit cups, cheers, coffee cups with you at nine o'clock in the morning. Like I can literally be at home and have things moving. Right. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I think also if we, people like us that found this benefit and found this better understanding, and we can be more transparent about what journeys like that look like or being more vocal about how we're moving and why we're moving that way, it will help those people that didn't hit that shit, right? And it'll give them more inspiration and more clarity about how they can move forward and, and give them more courage to do so. Cause I think a lot of people are just scared too, right? You like a lot of people, like you said, law, like great resigns and turn to their passions. People start tapping into themselves. And I always talk about like the sadness return. It takes 30 years for you to get back to yourself, right? And so people feel this shift within like you being 26 years old and 33 is when this happens. Most people know about the second time it happens and they call it the midlife crisis. That's your 60 something. That's the second time it's coming around. We can literally control and get back to our whole selves and live in our full purpose in that first phase. But it's up to us to be able to listen to all the cues and learn from all the lessons. Absolutely. Absolutely. And knowing how to everything, like pretty much everything you've done so far started as an idea. Yeah. And you, you figured out how to manifest that idea into physical form, you Mm -hmm. know, whether it to be to create the center or to create all these businesses that, that, that's entrepreneurial and, 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 helps you live the way you want to live. Like, I got a question for you. What's the hardest thing about being you? Uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think the hardest thing, and that's crazy. I just said this to my aunt as well. The hardest thing about being me is that I know too much. Mm. So I was, like I said, born and raised in Southeast. Um, And I was born as a council baby. My parents met in the council. I was raised with having Marion Barry be my uncle. I was raised like working as a 10 year old doing filing papers for Wilhelmina Rolock. You know, so I was born and raised around legends of the city. And I've seen the city shift. And a lot of things I didn't understand until now, I found my own space. Like I was just running, you know, behind my father's shadow and just seeing what he was doing as his major leader in in DC. But in that space, I recognized I was listening a lot. (laughs) And didn't even know it, right? Just listening a lot, being in conversation, seeing him move. 
um, seeing all these different elections, all these different mayors, understanding politics, understanding all these different things. So now that I'm in my own space and have my own name, I don't have to say I'm Finance Jones's daughter anymore, right? Um, it, it gets a little sticky because I know so much stuff about people, right? And I also know that people grow, but I also know the way the politics move in the city. And I hate politics personally, right? Mm -hmm. um, to be born in and all that type of stuff, but I understand it. So I think that's the biggest thing when people are not in. So, and most people will tell you in any space, I'm my same self everywhere at this point. You know what I'm saying? I don't even ask for a dress code because I don't care. I'm coming how I am, right? And so... I'm real wherever I am, I'm the same person everywhere. And so when I get in these spaces and people are switching up on me and it's just like the, the I don't wanna call it the fakeness, but I will, cause I ain't got another word for it right now, but just like the fakeness of um, personalities or just persons, like I just, it's hard because I know that I'm, I'm real as hell. And I also know a lot of history and I know a lot of things about where people came from or where people are actually tangibly at. So I think that's the hardest thing. It's just I be knowing too much. Like, and it's yeah. hard for me to keep my head down. And because of like the person I am, it's hard for me to keep my mouth shut too, especially if I don't like what's going on or if I don't feel like it's real, you know what I'm saying? Or um, and because it been it's always going to affect my city. And so I'm always gonna say something about it if it if it's affecting DC and especially if it's affecting Southeast, I'm gonna be right there. Yeah. And so I think that um that gets a little hard. Yeah, that gets a little sticky. <laughs> yeah, and um just to piggyback on your last statement, a lot of people, a lot of our peers can see the greatness within us, you know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of our peers may have doubt within themselves so when they doubt themselves they often doubt you uh-huh you know what i mean like it's she can't do that if i can't do it yeah, yeah you know what i mean it's like just because you're insecure with your circumstance doesn't mean whatever you're going through have to re have to be reflected on me right you know like i could show you the light but you can't have my shine type type exactly. shit yeah. And I feel like I, and I think that, but that's so why it's so important for me to be transparent in my spaces, whether I'm in a good mood or whether I'm in a bad mood. And I recognize that I'm like, I was more transparent when I was going through things, but I think that was to help me, first of all, track things, but, and also make things real. Cause if I say it to me, then that's real. Like I could keep it inside myself and deal with it. But if I'm saying it out loud, that means I may have people that want to um, be an accountability partner and things like that. But transparency is also very important for me because I am a tangible example of what you can do. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like being a tangible example of what you, cause my mother told me, and this was like part of the stuff that I, I struggled with growing up. She told me you're a black, you're a black woman. No, she said, you black, you a woman. And this is when she found out about my sexuality and was like, why would you choose to be queer, right? Mm -hmm. And so now I have this whole, and now we know that all those things is like, we've been able to change the narrative to turn all those things into being lucrative, right? Yeah. And so now it's a tangible example that I can tell people and show you, like, I am from Southeast, I am black, I am woman, I'm a queer, I'm a Scorpio. Look, we didn't, we didn't been able to do some things. And so, um, and like the love that I get from people when I do that, and like even last night, somebody came up to me and she pronounced my name wrong as hell, but I knew she knew who I was. She was like telling me my whole story and I'm just like, 
Damn, that is so lit. But to have people be inspired by a story that I live every day is yeah. just it's really something else. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I'm just not that. I don't think I'll ever feel like a celebrity or feel like I have fans or anything like that. I even hate the, I just hate the word fans. It's like I have serious supporters. Um, but I think I'll never get out of the mindset where I am just like so overly grateful or so mind blown that I can make somebody else feel that way just from being myself, just from telling yeah. the truth. And I think that's the biggest thing that I'd be trying to push people. Like that's my whole thing. Be yourself, face yourself, pace yourself healing starts within being yourself is about authenticity you cannot bullshit and be faking to be somebody else because your blessings can't even find you like your blessings are literally looking for you and cannot recognize you because you out here perfect being somebody else face yourself is about accountability like we talked about being accountable accountable for yourself but also what you're allowing to come to yourself right and then pace yourself is about taking your time don't worry about all these constructs. Time don't even exist for real. You know what I'm saying? Daylight saving time, we jump all over all the place with time. Be on your time. Do what works for you. If you don't want to get started till 11 a.m. and work all the way till 1 a.m., then that's your schedule. So be it. Figure it out. It could be work. You know what I'm saying? And then most importantly, healing starts within. Like there's nobody else. Like we, and I think that's the issue. Like we always trying to change stuff from the outside in. Everything is a domino effect. And it has to start with intrinsic motivation. You can't really force nobody to do nothing unless they want to do it for themselves. My favorite example of that is intervention. You know, they go in and you go in there and you tell people, oh, we want you to get help and we got all the resources and they'll go to rehab. But they're really doing it for you because 80 percent of them come back and they relapse. And then you'll read later on four years later, they finally went back. But that was off of them. Right. Yeah. So everything starts inside. And if you don't like it, it is up to you to change it. You have all the control in the world, even if it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. Yeah. We can't control anything besides ourselves, you know, besides ourselves. That's, that's that's the hardest battle that we all have to face in life is to battle ourselves. Absolutely. Um. So what's your creative process like when you have an idea? How does it go from your mind? to fruition, like how, how does you how do you manifest each idea that you want to create um so these days i'm really led by spirit like and sometimes i get mad because i'd be like in a creative space but it is like i'll be looking around like crickets like i want to do something but what are we going to do mm. so for me it's really um spirit leads to me sometimes i see things in my dreams um and then sometimes i'll see things in my dreams and don't remember it but then it'll be something that i'm doing and then it, it's like a trigger and it'd be like oh i had that dream last night and so like immediately i had to like write down notes or i'll go to my um ipad and just kind of sketch things out um and this is like all for my personal art these days i'm getting a lot of commissions which i'm really grateful for which is also tricky because i have to like formulate my mind and my style to match what people are asking me for but then it's also like i again what we were saying you gotta we gotta face ourselves and like just trust ourselves and it's just like girl they coming to you for a reason okay right, like i know right. you don't paint like that and you're not realism and you can't paint like them but you paint like you or you draw like you and they like you like your shit so just do your thing and let flow um matter of fact i had a logo client the other day and i just was thinking too much and doing too much and i sent them this um the draft and they were like honestly this is just not it and i was just like all right hold on let me try again 
And so I just had to like, and this goes into like some of my process is I have to be completely relaxed, right? Um, mm-hmm. I did a panel the other day and I'm comfortable to say it now. That was my first time speaking on it publicly, but cannabis is a big part of my my process. Um, just being able to level my mind out a little bit, open it up a little bit. Of course, the different strains help me be a little bit more productive or just a, a little bit more relaxed. So that's definitely in my process. Um, I meditate a lot. Like I said, I'm with crystals. I have a dope um, altar that I sit in front of when I have blockages. Um, writing was always my first love. So sometimes I'll just go and just see what comes out from that. Um, but then also the type of art that I do is one line work and fluid. And so sometimes it's really about me putting down the pen and seeing where I'm led. Um, so that's a lot of the process. Um, and I just, I'm not a traditional, you know, like I'm not a professional, like I have, I wasn't, I never, outside of like elementary school, art school training, I haven't got any professional art training. So it's really about just what feels good to me and I'm stepping back and what looks good to me. And that's just kind of how I rock. I just try to flow, let go and let flow. Yeah, I can feel like, I feel like, um, like no person has any like specific ideas. The ideas are already there in the ether. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just changing that channel and tuning in into that idea that you can grasp from and, yeah. you know, create whatever that idea wants to do. Once you wants to create through you, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's a manifestation in itself. Um, there's a, um, a popular muralist and big brother. He's amazing. Ani Khan. Um, and we were on a panel last year and he was saying some of the stuff that he does, which I was like, I should definitely try that. He was saying he'll see an image and he'll just try to pull out keywords, like just random keywords Mm. and then kind of group those into keywords and just see like, do they create a phrase or do they create like an image, another image in the head? So I was like, I like that, um, that style, but yeah, every artist has their own way and style about doing things i definitely know like when we work together you had a different flow from other photographers that i work with and i actually really enjoyed your flow because it was about it felt like mine too just more about being calm and yeah and feeling the environment feeling the the subject and just going with flow that way too not like all has to be strategically planned and this what we're looking for like we're just out here trying to flow and create that's how you catch the best moments um speaking of face yourself the um the image that you know that's your brand that's yeah. that what you have plastered on many things um it kind of reminds okay before people were able to communicate you know before we had written language people had like cave paintings you yeah. know what i mean like you would go to this specific spot and you'll see where all the uh, buffalo are right. or all the, the different animals like uh-huh. when i see that it's kind of universal to me like any culture all over the world can see that and recognize something within themselves within that piece um what was that process like creating that face yourself uh i don't know if it's a logo or brand or now it's yeah it's it's definitely a brand um again this is when i was in one of my darkest moments in life um and i have no shame when i tell people this i was completely suicidal every day Mm. about checking out and my children were the only thing that kept me solidified. Um, and matter of fact, the reason why I went to therapy is it just got really scary, like to the point where I was like, damn, I may not be here for them. And that scared me. So I was like, let me go to therapy. Um, and in that process, that's when I learned about, you know, being graceful, being graceful to myself, you know what I'm saying? And 
also being accountable, right? And so the like we were talking about earlier, the, the face yourself is is a two part. It's about, yes, being accountable for what you're doing. And if you're toxic, then say you're toxic and switch some things up. But also understanding that you're not the only player in this life, right? Mm-hmm. So understanding what you allow other people to do and holding them accountable for the things that they did too, right? And so it was really about grace. Um, it, at that moment, at that time, I literally could not look in the mirror at myself. Because I was just so unhappy with where I was. And in that in that space, I just was in my head like I can't even get out. Like I was married with I'm married for four years with two children, right? And um my former spouse, we were all wrapped up in the center. He's still there though. Um, and we were able to get to a co-parenting space now, but before it was just like this is impossible. And the only way that I can get out is this way, right? Mm-hmm. And so one day I just looked in the mirror and all I could do was cry. And it was just like, and then I took this writing exercise that I kind of mentioned earlier about putting the pen down and just seeing what happens. And instead of writing, I just was like scribbling. And at first it was just like the initial face yourself. The first one I had, it was very abstract. Like I could see a face, but it was very abstract. And then every time I kept doing this um, exercise with myself, a face just kept popping out. Mm-hmm. like a different kind of face. So some of them were profiles. Some of them were very, um, I don't know. Some of them had a lot of details. Some of them were hella abstract, but I could always see a face. And then some just kept on saying, face it, face it, face it. And I was like, face it. I'm like, what am I facing? Like, and then I just understood the more that I went to therapy that you cannot, like when you were dealing with something to actually get through it, you have to look at it. You have to face mm-hmm. it and go through the middle. It doesn't work if you go above it. It doesn't go work if you go below it, around it, push it to the side. It will always resurface for you to face it. It may you know, manifest itself in some other person or some other thing in some other situation, but it will always come to itself. So that's really how it became. It was just like face it, face it, face it. And then when this face came out, I don't know. Spirit just spoke to me and I ended up putting it on a shirt and that was just for me. And then everybody just like you were saying, like everybody resonated with some kind of like something that they felt in it and saw in it. And then when the whole face yourself just came out, it was just like, this is about reflection and projection. Right. And we Mm -hmm. talked about that earlier. And I realized I was a people pleaser and a chronic people pleaser because I was afraid. I was just scared. And I was scared to lose love. And mm-hmm. it was this, this from this whole conversation that I mentioned earlier of my mother saying that I was going to struggle because of who I was. And so I just was like, this is this is not even me. Like, I'm not even living my life. So I'm like, Keanu, you have to be yourself. Like, you have to face your shit, face yourself, and be yourself. Look at your reflection, one, and see how much of that is you. This other stuff, see how much of it is a projection. See how much of this is fear coming from your mother, you know what I'm saying, pushing down to you. Because I know my mother worked a job for like 40 years, woke up every morning like, oh, I hate this job, I got to go to this job, and retired doing that. I don't want, I never wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's just mm-hmm. like you have to get these projections of what other people fear because that is not you. Never has been you and never will be you. Right. And so once I start getting into that, that's like really when I saw the world up and open up for me. The same thing I said earlier, the moment that I start being myself, that's when all my blessings was like, oh, girl, there you are. Here you go. We've been looking for you because now we know where you are. And so 
now that I experienced that, there's no way that I could ever bullshit anything. Like I have to be the realest. I have to be the most authentic, even and like a lot of times it can be uncomfortable, not only for other people, but for me too. Like sometimes I know when I can, when I'm a lot for people, but that doesn't mean I'm gonna turn down anything. I just got to say, okay, Kiana, these people are a little uncomfortable, but that's when I got to talk to myself even more. Do not turn your shit down. Stay where you are, and either they're going to level up or they're going to excuse themselves out the way. But you stay focused to yourself, face yourself, and just be with self. And so, yeah, just kept evolving. I know a lot of people uh, in the city, you know, especially in the D.C. area, even in Maryland, too, or even Mm -hmm. Virginia, can relate to that because our parents are taught at a young age that they have to live a certain way and their parents were like that and their parents was like that. So it's up to us to, you know, look at it from another perspective and break that cycle, you know, because a lot of our parents deal with mental health issues as well. And we'll talk about it. Right. Because it's shunned upon. They don't, a lot of us people of color don't go to therapy because it's just, they quote unquote claim it as a sign of weakness Mm -hmm. you know go pray it out go talk it out go you know work it out yeah but um yeah it's up to us to break that cycle and you know live a more mentally mentally health uh healthy life yeah i mean when i was going to therapy my mother was worried and I was like, girl, you should have been worried before therapy, like, because I was in a bad place. And it's just like now afterwards that she's seen like how I make my choices and I don't even list like it was a point that like my mother would have something to say if I wanted to travel. And I'm just like and this is why I talked to teens last week and they were talking about mental health and the stresses and how the parents put it on them as high school. And I was like, girl, let me tell you something. I will be 34 this year. I have two kids and probably five successful businesses. And my mother is still trying to tell me what to do. Still trying to tell me what I can't do. Still trying to tell me what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. That, that will never change. Right. But for me also as a parent, it is, it is my duty to show my kids this, right? This is what generational curses, breaking generational curses look like. Like literally being in the same space and my mother telling me something to me and I'm looking at my daughter like, now you heard that, right? Mm -hmm. And not to be disrespectful, but know the difference between some bullshit. Like what your grandmother just said was just wild as hell, okay? (laughs) And we're gonna let her have that space. But when we get over here, we're gonna do this differently and why, right? And like explaining, having real conversations. Like my mother used to tell me, I asked her why, cause I said so. What the hell does that mean? Don't mean you know nothing. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And so I think more of my journey is not only for me, like I feel so proud of myself for doing what I'm doing, knowing where I was, cause only I know how deep I was, right? And so mm-hmm. I am extremely proud of where I am now in comparison. But all of this for real, for real is for my kids. Like, I want them to be free. I don't want you to have to get free. I want you to stay free. I want you to be born free and stay free. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I had to get free. Now, I want y'all to, this is what free looks like. And you, at this moment, everything you say matters, right? Your Mm -hmm. voice matters too. Even my six-year-old son, your voice matters too. And your visions, your passions, all of that matter. If you know you feel like you want to do something right now, then let's focus and and be, you know, intentional on getting that done. All this other stuff that they tell you, all this stuff, if you don't believe that, you don't feel it, it don't have to be a part of your book. And I want them to believe that and, and be, you know, be a tangible representation for them to see that every single day. 
I love that. That's powerful. Thank you. Um, I got a few more questions for yeah. you. And after that, we'd like, to, we'd like to play a little game called This or That with our guests. <laughs> All uh, right. If you're cool with that, we can do that. Yeah. Um, what does community mean to you? I mean, we live in a, a area where art isn't, well, it's prevalent, but it's not that popularized. You know what I mean? Is our art community is very small, but what does community mean to you? Community means everything to me on certain, like on every different level, right? Um, like outside the art community, Southside just means everything to me mm. because like I said, we've been so left behind and so misjudged, like, and I've heard it ever since I've grown up. Even when I tell people where I'm from, they like, oh, and then once I tell them who I am, it's just like, oh, wow. You know what I'm saying? So it's community means everything just because I'm from Southside and like, that's just how I feel. Um in the art world, especially here, ha. I'm be real honest. I'm be frank. You know what I'm saying? I'm be myself. It's it's sticky and it's more. It feels like politics is in it, right? Mm, and especially mm. if you are if you are an artist that is seen, um, that gets a lot of opportunities and all that type of stuff. It it's not it's not a fun place for me at least, right? Because again, like I said, I'm a real authentic person, and the fact that I've been like I said, the center opened in 2015. The center has not gotten this much love and this much plug until I was selected to be one of the artists for the Black Lives Matter mural, right? Mm. So, and so that's very frustrating for me is that, because the center is an amazing place that does amazing things and has been doing amazing things and changing lives and all types of stuff. But now I get to hype it up because my name has hype behind it. And so I think that is what I'm segueing to say, especially in the, the art community here is um, is led by a hype beast, right? It's yeah. only what's popping. It's only what people like. It's only what people are used to saying. You're going to see the same thing over and over and over again. That's why I make it like really my duty to go find new artists, like to give artists opportunities that they would have never had. You know what I'm saying? Like I have an artist that he's been doing murals all over the city. And I had an opportunity for him that was going to get paid by somebody and told him he need to have a W-9. And he was like, a what? And I was just like, dang, that leads me to let you know that that tells me that you're not getting paid the way you should be getting paid for your art. And the fact that people know this and are keep taking advantage of artists that aren't plugged in or just like super passionate. Like, and that's the other thing, you know, there's a lot of art. There's a difference between a passionate artist and a professional artist. Now you can get a professional, a passionate professional artist, but you can't just automatically get a professional artist out of a passionate artist, right? And so for me, it's really important to be able to teach this professionalism of the artistry. That's how we get a, that's how we get away from uh, artists being starving, this whole starving yeah. artist thing, because we have to learn how to be professional. It's outside of our talents, it's outside of our passions, right? And so it's frustrating for me in the art community that the people that do end up getting it, they don't pass the message. They're yeah. not teaching people how to go about it. They just want to keep the opportunities to themselves and be known for it and don't pass it on, right? And so community is everything to me, but we damn sure in D.C., the DMV, we need to do better about... Sorry about this. We need to do better about being intentional about bringing our art family in, about not being selfish, about sharing opportunities. I always tell people all the time, it is collaboration over competition for me. 
First of all, I'm not in comp competition with nobody but myself. It's given always face yourself. You know what I'm saying? So if I got somebody in front of me, I'm trying to collab with you. I'm trying to, like you were saying, the shine, we can combine our shine and blind some folks, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to be scared of my shine. You don't have to think I'm a shine bigger than you or brighter than you. Because once we get together, it's just going to look like one big old shine, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I think the art community specifically needs to do a, a better job about supporting each other, right? About really bringing in community. If we are yeah. a tri like if we tribe, if we are family, if we understand all the, the hardships and stuff, we should be able to help each other. If it's a gig that you got and you didn't had plenty of gigs, pass it to somebody that deserves a gig, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. there's so many opportunities that I could take by myself. And I could say, oh, I'll do it. But I don't want to do that. I want to put other people on because the more that I give, that's how I receive. You keep your hands like this, you're not going to get nothing. You keep your hands closed in the fish, you're not going to get anything. The more you keep your hands open, the more that you receive. And that's how I operate, period. Yeah, yeah, that's powerful. Um, Just thinking about it, the perception of D.C., you know, especially Black D.C., a.k.a. Chocolate City is, mm -hmm. it's more than go-go chicken and mumbo sauce. When people... D.C. is a transient city. There's a lot of people that come in and there's a lot of people that leave. It's moving. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of great art here. But when somebody says, let's go to an art show, they automatically think National Gallery of Art or the National right. Portrait Gallery. You know what I mean? Right. But there's a lot of powerful people who can produce really great art. But there's a lot of crab and barrel mentality, like you said, too. You know what I mean? A lot of gatekeepers. But um that's why I love the fact that you're, even though a lot of people don't feel the same way, but you, you already have that community-based mindset with the, the the center that you have, you know what I mean? Showcasing a lot of different artists. And it's important. It's like a renaissance, you know? Um, that's how people's stories are told through other people, you know what I mean? And, and you have a very pivotal part in not only your story, but the artists that you showcase as well. Yeah. Um, what would you tell your younger self, a young 15 year old self? What type yeah, of advice? Like, it's crazy would you give that you chose 15. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy, crazy. <laughs> um, but I, like I said the other day, I did a team workshop for some youth girls, and that's exactly what age that they are in. And I told them what I would tell myself, which is be yourself, girl. Mm. It's going to get uncomfortable. You is not for everybody. You're not supposed to be for everybody. And that's okay. Just be yourself. You are talented. Love yourself. Most of them people mm. that say they don't like you, they just hate in any way. Mm -hmm. um, like, you know who you are. You're led by spirit. You have always been led by spirit. When I was young, I was always, you know, hearing ancestors talk in my ear and just didn't know what it was, right? Um I would tell myself to keep on reading, keep on writing. I would definitely tell myself, girl, go back to art. Don't leave art because this is your lane. This is your purpose. This is what Allah made you for. Um, I would tell myself, don't get in, don't get caught up in other people's expectations mm. of, of, of you. Um, because that don't have nothing to do with you, <laughs> honestly. Um, yeah, I would just—I would really just tell myself, just be yourself. Don't be scared. I would just say, don't be scared to be it, girl. Mm. 
Because that's all I was. I was just scared to be myself the whole mm. time. The whole time I was scared to be myself. Not until I got to my status return, probably 2630, that I... And seeing it was like I chose where I was going to be my, myself. Like where I felt safe, then that's when I would be myself. But if I felt like ah, somebody in here going to judge me or may talk about me or ask me something or something like that, then I would drift off and be somebody else. And I think that's the part that got me in trouble too, right? It's like people saw so many different versions of myself. And it's just like, girl, who are you? Like he's giving you a liar. Like, who are you? Mm-hmm. And that was part of the, a part of the part that I had to understand about myself too. Like, when I was being accountable, like there was a big part of me that was toxic because I was a liar because I was scared to tell the truth. And so, yeah, I would say, don't be scared to be yourself, tell the truth, face yourself and just be your whole self at, at all times. Yeah, I love that. Authentic- authenticity. Yeah, man. And face yourself. Yeah. It's powerful. You have to. All right. This is the game called This or That. Well, it. I will ask you a question um, that could have two possible answers, but you can only choose one. And the whole world depends on your answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm excited. I like that. <laughs> All right. Um, first question, pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Why? Pancakes just be too fluffy. They take up too much space too quick. Um, <laughs> they get soggy real fast, too. Yeah, it's just the thickness for, for me for, for pancakes. Unless you give me like some silver dollar little drinks, little baby ones, I can rock with those. But yeah. I'm definitely always going to choose a waffle over a pancake. And can you eat pancake? And you ever heard chicken and pancakes? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love waffles, especially like the big soft uh, fluffy ones with the big squares that catch oh, yeah. all the syrup. Yeah, but I like all my, I like everything. And, and pancakes included, I need my, my edges crispy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Crisp. <laughs> all right next question puppies or kittens oh man that's so hard because of who i am now my automatically answer would probably be puppies because i just love dogs but i also really want a kitten because i feel like i'm very cat-like right mm. like i'm i'm an omnivert like i'm introvert i'm an extrovert i'm only extrovert with like my people but I can like get with people, but then like you could be rubbing on me all of a sudden and I'm like, <laughs> so I just feel like I'm very cat-like, but I couldn't deal with like an adult cat. Like I would have to start with a kitten. So I don't know, but I'm going to go with puppies. First of all, this is a bad game for me because I'm a both of them type person. <laughs> I don't like to choose because I don't have to. That's part yeah. of my rules too. You don't have to choose, but I'm going to play your little games. We're going to go with Ooh, puppies. Cool. It's all right. It's all love. It's all love. <laughs> All right, next question. Uh-huh. DC in the summer or DC in the fall? Ah. Man, we outside. DC in the summer. Give me my tops. <laughs> give me my, my brunches. Give me my U Street. Give me my A Street. Give me, yeah, we outside. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah in the uh, Berry Farm, basketball games, all of that. Yeah, I'm outside summertime. Stop outside okay. summer. Okay. <laughs> I'm about to give it a, a, a quick, real DC DMV head throwback question. All right. Um, TCB or backyard? Damn. So, <laughs> is this I'm answering as myself today? As yourself. As myself today, it's definitely going to have to be backyard. Um, when I was younger, I didn't even really get with TCB like that. Um, I was more of a CCB girl. Mm. 
Um, and then as I got older, I just didn't like all that bounce beat stuff. It yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah. So, so I'm normally with the old heads. And back y'all, back y'all be giving it, but back y'all crowd be a little too rowdy for me sometimes. Even the old heads, they be doing, doing a little too much. So I'd be more red essence, but I that too. Definitely back y'all. BYB. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh last one. This is another okay. uh DC thing. All right. Chicken and fries. Mumbo sauce on top or mumbo sauce on the side? Uh, we're definitely on top. Mm, on everything? Yeah, on everything. And, <laughs> and Actually, I'm going to have ketchup on my fries, too. So the ketchup is going to be on the fries with the mumbo sauce, and the mumbo sauce is going to be on the joint. And I'm asking for a joint on the side. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and uh, don't forget the half and half. You can't have it all. You hear me? Half and half me. <laughs> sweet um that was my last question um i really appreciate you taking the time out to chat with me i learned yeah. a lot the energy was great um how can people get in contact with you maybe for a commission maybe they look at your work or you know come through the 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 the, the space and see some great art yeah absolutely so i am cam j6 everywhere cam j is just my initials kiana melissa jones and i happen to be a six on my line of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority. Um, don't tell nobody that. People don't know mm. that. But that's just me. Cam J6. But we spell it out. It's K-A-Y-E-M-J-A-Y, the number six. So that's camj6.com. That's facebook.com slash camj6. That's linkedin.com slash camj6. That's Twitter, camj6. Instagram, everywhere, camj6. Um, the center is Congress Heights Arts and Cultural Center. We are the acronym everywhere. People be saying chalk. That's a lie. Don't don't let people tell you that I call it the chalk because we don't. <laughs> it's C-H-A-C-C. Um, just our acronym again. And we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, C-H-A-C-C.org. Again, we're at 501c3. So any way you support us, you can write that baby off on your taxes. Never forget that. Um, and we got a fundraiser coming up. I hope y'all can come. It's Juneteenth or well, the Juneteenth weekend. Mm. You know, there's a lot going on in the city that day, but think about supporting us. We'll be having our fundraiser that Saturday, the 18th, um, from 5 to 10. And all the information is on the website as well. Yeah, find me. Come see me. Perfect, man. Perfect. Thank you again. And uh, once everything is all edited, I'll let you know when we air. And, you know, thanks again for just, just dropping these gems on me. Yeah, no, I appreciate you. I'm glad that we could talk. Um, I'm excited to to see y'all soon. You know, your your bae is my sis. Love you know. her. And we got the look, we got the same um we, I'm gonna try to be accountability partners with her because we got the same like to-do list for this year. We're trying yeah. to get all the exhibitions popping and stuff. So hope to see y'all soon. I'm grateful to have this conversation. I'm proud of y'all, I'm proud of you. Oh, Just thank you. All of that. All of that. <laughs> thank you. Love. Absolutely. All right, then. Peace. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. All right, you too. Peace.